Welcome to Today's Issues, offering a Christian response to the issues of the day. Here's your host, Tim Wildman, President of the American Family Association. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Today's Issues on the American Family Radio Network. We appreciate you listening to AFR. I'm Tim Wildman with Fred Jackson. Good morning, Fred. Good morning, Tim. Fred's in studio with me here at our AFR headquarters in Tupelo MS. And joining me from, uh, joining us rather, from Kansas City, Kansas, is our good friend, Dr. Ray Pritchard. Good morning, Ray. Hey, Tim. How you doing this morning? Doing well. Yourself? Oh, man. It's 70 degrees here in Kansas City. So wow. It's like a little bit of late summer, something like that. Really nice. Well, you used to call that Indian summer? Yeah, yeah. I don't know if we use that phrase yeah. anymore, but that, that's what this is. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you call it, that's I, what it is. Well, the, I think that used to last until <laughs> late September. I think we're we're having uh-huh. a, we're having a warm fall day. We yeah, are. Right. Across. That, it's that climate change stuff, you know? Hey, yeah. bring it on. I was thinking, Brother Ray, uh, yesterday, we're dealing with the horrible weather on the West Coast, because you say you're going to Oregon next week? Right, 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 for Thanksgiving. Being wow, what's Oregon. going on? I didn't know they're yeah, bad. What is going on out there, man? Oh, the, the storm that has hit Oregon, Washington State, up in British Columbia, thousands of people without power, bridges, roads being washed out. It It's absolutely horrific. I did not know that. Actually, even uh, hurricane-level winds, gusts have been there. It's, hit, it's been hard. British, British Columbia and Washington and Oregon, that's a significant system, Fred. It I is. Mean, it's its really bad out there right now. So I'm, 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 I was thinking about you yesterday when we were doing the story, and sure hope things get cleaned up before you head out there, Ray. Oh, I, I'm looking at the I'm looking at the weather map now. They got hit. They got slammed out there in the Pacific Northwest. And yeah. So is that called they, a nor'wester? I guess. Yeah. I I lived on the coast for ten years in British Columbia, right? It is not uncommon to have heavy rain starting in October, but this I've never I never saw in the ten years I was there I never saw anything like this. The, yeah. like, like a monsoon kind of rain. That, yeah. That came in. In le- here in here in the middle of November, the unusual time of the year, I'm supposed to get hit like that. So yeah, wow, wow! Little did I know when we started talking about the weather, we'd be here two minutes. <laughs> but uh, I didn't. But I was unaware that these storms were so, so severe out in the Pacific Northwest. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, I'm looking at the map now. Looks like that's going to bring snow across uh, the upper plains there. Yeah. Uh, I hate winter. To be honest with you, I'm you and me both. I, huh? I'm tired of cold weather already. Yeah. <laughs> we haven't even really started, and I'm tired of it. Duly noted. Oh, man. Uh, about three days of it's about all I want, just to say we had a seasonal change. Uh, when, you, when you're a kid, you're glad to go out and go sledding and all that I stuff. I know. Yeah, I know. Those days are gone. Hey, a few snowflakes at Christmas time, I'm good with that. <laughs> That's right. There's, there's That's a right. reason. Why, as people get older, they become what they call snowbirds, That's right? right? That's right. That's right. That's right. There's a reason that the people go to Arizona and Florida. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. I understand that much better than I did 25 years ago. Yes, in, in the winter. All right, a lot to talk about today. Uh, Frank Turek will be with us in a few minutes. Dr. Frank Turek, his, uh, the question we're going to pose to him today is, what evidence 
do we have that the New Testament is telling the truth? And so Frank will deal with that question. We like to do an apologetics question with Frank once a week. If Most of the time, that's what we do, a Christian apologetics question. So he will be answering the question, what evidence do we have that the New Testament is telling the truth? Fred, what's leading the news this morning? Well, gentlemen, as we sit here this morning, the jury in the Kyle Reddenhouse trial up there in Kenosha, Wisconsin, uh, They are now meeting behind closed doors. They just went in about uh, 45 minutes ago. And my prediction is a fairly short time behind closed doors. Kyle, uh, he's the young man, Kyle Rittenhouse. He was 17 last summer when he went up to Kenosha. He lived in Illinois, but he transited about 18 miles to Kenosha. There were huge riots in the streets up there. A white police officer in the course of his duty had shot a black man, did not kill him. The white police officer, the shooting was found to be valid. But that did not stop the protests up there. Kyle Rittenhouse goes up because his dad lives in Kenosha. He goes up to try to protect his dad and his dad's business and other businesses there that were being looted and destroyed by these rioters. What we know and what is undisputed at this case is that Kyle Rittenhouse, even the videos that the prosecution showed in this case, showed that he was defending himself when he shot three individuals, three separate incidents over a short period of time. Two of those individuals died. One survived that shooting. But what the, the pro, as I say, even the prosecution videos showed that Kyle Rittenhouse was defending himself. One of the charges he faced initially, Kyle Rittenhouse, was that he had a weapon and he wasn't allowed because he was too young. That was thrown out when it was showed that Wisconsin law okays that kind of thing. So it's, it's, a, it's a case that has really captivated the, the audience across the country. Fox News has covered it almost wall to wall. And so we are going to see today what happens uh, the yesterday there were five hours of summations from both sides. <clears throat> the prosecution at one point, the prosecution in the summation yesterday had a weapon similar to what Kyle Rittenhouse has, and he picked up the weapon with his finger on the trigger and pointed it towards the jury. I mean that was frightening from all points of view. You just don't do that. And uh, immediately the sheriff came over and took that weapon away. And when the defense lawyer dealt with that issue, they checked the, the gun again to make sure there were no rounds in the, because we had that incident. Uh, Alec Baldwin. A, Alec yeah. Baldwin just a few weeks ago. Yesterday, White House spokesperson Jen Psaki, she's back on the job after being away for 10 days with COVID quarantine. Fully vaxxed. She was, yeah, fully vaxxed. She was asked, given the fact that when this incident occurred last summer in Kenosha, that then-candidate Joe Biden referred to Rittenhouse as a white supremacist. The three people who were shot by Rittenhouse were all white. Where did he get white supremacists in that? This is how Jen Psaki replied to that question, whether Biden regretted uh, his position on this. Cut number one. We shouldn't have, broadly speaking, uh, vigilantes patrolling our communities with assault weapons. We shouldn't have opportunists corrupting peaceful protests by rioting and burning down the communities they claim to represent anywhere in the country. What is she talking about? 
That was that was confusing. Yes. Now, she said, I can't comment on the case, but then she used the word vigilante. Yeah, that's commenting on the case. Yes. <laughs> right. It was. By the way, he's not a vigilante. No. A vigilante is somebody who takes the law into their own hands. Yes. Right? Yes. And, oft- and violently so, mm-hmm. really. <clears throat> and that's, <clears throat> first of all, uh, you to, to ref, she's ref, what she's referring to is Kyle Rittenhouse. There, she's making a judgment mm-hmm. that he's a vigilante. Yes, after saying she couldn't comment on the case, mm-hmm. and and Peter Ducey, the uh, Fox News reporter, if it wasn't for him, <laughs> it'd be all cream puffs for Jen Psaki all day every day. Mm-hmm. But uh, Biden back during the campaign. Used a video, uh, used a uh, the video image of Kyle Rittenhouse, mm-hmm. the one where he's walking through the street with a gun mm-hmm. uh, during the uh, riots in Kenosha, and referred to him as a, a white supremacist. Yeah, and I thought to myself, as Kyle Rittenhouse's mother said the other day, "You don't even know this young man, and whether you think he's a vigilante or not, which he is proven to not be, uh, he was." Uh, how do you know he's a white supremacist? Do you have an FBI check on his on the seventeen year old? He's been going to KKK meetings or something like that. Mm. Um, that was a a, a Ray. A, what 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 Biden and the and many of the Democrats are doing nowadays is anybody that's a conservative is by de facto a white supremacist. Even in the case of um, the new lieutenant governor of Virginia, who's an African-American woman, I guess she's from Jamaica, Winsome, um, help me out here. Sears? Winsome yeah. Sears. Who I had the privilege of meeting last year, by the way, just a delight, delightful lady. It, she's a, uh, a woman of color. She's been called a white supremacist. Larry yeah. Elder, the African-American uh, gubernatorial candidate, who tried to unseat Gavin Newsom recently in a recall election? He was called a white supremacist. Yeah. So I mean, they're right. They're just they're throw, they mm-hmm. the left just throws white supremacists around to the point where it's it doesn't even mean anything anymore. It it's a buzzword. Uh, it's a stereotype. As far as I know, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I do not think any evidence was put into play during the trial. The Kyle Rittenhouse was a white supremacist. That's just an empty charge, which would be terrible made by anybody, but it's inexcusable, guys, when the charge is made without foundation by the president or, well, I guess he was the candidate. Candidate, yeah. He was a candidate, but that's completely irresponsible for a major party candidate for president to label somebody as a white supremacist just because you don't like him, you don't like what you perceive his politics to be with no evidence whatsoever and, and, and then and you had jen saki calling just, him basically referring she didn't call him by name she but she was we don't need vigilant play that again yeah and it's kind of confusing what, what is she talking about on peaceful protest the kenosha was burning to the ground is that what she was talking about peaceful protest yes sir okay, go yeah. play, play, mm-hmm. play this is the spokesperson for the president we shouldn't have, broadly speaking, uh, vigilantes patrolling our communities with assault weapons. We shouldn't have opportunists corrupting peaceful protests by rioting and burning down the communities they claim to represent anywhere in the country. Well, who's the opportunists that are rioting and burning down the? Is she is she criticizing the 
Antifa there? I can't quite understand what she's. Yeah, who who she, was who amongst the rioters kind of, is she supporting? There's a run-on sentence there. Yeah, run-on paragraph. I don't know, but uh, what she should have said was, uh, she should have apologized. Not that they ever would. For for uh, she shouldn't have called Kyle Rittenhouse a, a vigilante. We don't need vigilantes. She didn't yeah. refer to him by name again, but that's that's what she's talking about in response to Peter Ducey's question. Um, listen, Vice President Harris at the time, uh, she was a candidate. She was a, just a senator. She, uh, sent money to pay for the, to, of the, to pay the bail for the rioters in Minneapolis. The, many of these people on the left, they are, they are the, the protesters out there, I'm, nobody's against peaceful protesting, but when you pay the bail of rioters, you're saying I agreed with their rioting. That's right. Am I right? I mean, That's how right. else do you read that? That's right. They have the right to do what they're doing. So, I don't know. We'll see what happens with the Kyle Rittenhouse case, but I've I read about that. I didn't even study this much till the last few days, but uh, and watched uh, some of the uh, because the left just seems they they're coming after this kid this teenager and they're making charges against him what haven't been proven in court and you're talking about a white uh, an all-white crime so to speak uh, uh, uh the charge yes you have a white teenager and he's attacked by three white the video shows three white protesters protesters rioters mm-hmm. thugs basically he defends himself to the point where he has to shoot him or it's going to be or he's going to be dead. That's right. And all of a sudden it becomes a racial thing? Because it plays into the left's narrative. You've got to put racism in there regardless of the truth. And now why are they worried about Kenosha burning down tonight? 500 National Guardsmen have been put on notice to be there in case he is acquitted. Are white supremacists coming into Kenosha to burn it down? No, sir. Well, who is? What they're worried about is another incident like last Antifa summer. Antifa BLM crowd? Exactly right. Okay. Which kind of proves the point, doesn't it? It sure does. That uh, it's really not people on the quote right that are destroying American cities with protest and rioting and looting. It's the, the, the uh, group I just mentioned. All right. You're listening to today's issues on American Family Radio. Ready for topic whiplash. <laughs> Here we go. Dr. Frank Turek joins us. As far as I know, he's not a white supremacist. Although that doesn't matter. You don't have to know. You just got to throw the accusation out there. Frank, good morning to you, brother. Hey, Tim, are you going to believe the left or your lying eyes? (laughs) (laughs) That was a song by the Eagles. It was. I think it's a pretty good song, too. Anyway, what's going on with you? Well, I'm, I'm on this show now called Today's Issues. Have you heard of it? Yes, Frank, I have. It's, <laughs> it's pretty good. You ought to listen. We're peaceful protesters here. That's right. Uh, you guys uh, made some good points just a few minutes ago. I hope people heard them. Well, thank you very much. And we like to think we make good points every day. But mm-hmm. uh, All right, Frank, what evidence do we have that the New Testament is telling the truth? Wow. This is gonna this is gonna span over several weeks because we got a lot of it. 
Okay. Well, let me put it this way. This is going to sound like heresy for a minute to, to those of you like myself who believe the Bible's inerrant, but it isn't. Here's, here's the main point. Christianity is not true because a series of documents we put under one binding we call the Bible says it's true. In fact, Christianity would be true if the Bible never existed. Now you say, wait, how can that be? Because Christianity did not originate with, an event, with, with a book. Christianity originated with an event, the resurrection. I mean, think about this. There were thousands of Christians before a line of the New Testament was ever written. You say, how can that be? Because people didn't become Christians because they read about it in a book. People became Christians because they either witnessed the resurrected Jesus or they knew people that they trusted who had. In other words, Christianity, again, is based on an event. It's not based on a book. Now, thankfully, the people that wrote all this down, who were Jewish believers in Yahweh and didn't think that a man could claim to be God, that would be blasphemy, and who didn't think that a man could resurrect from the dead, not certainly in the middle of time. They believed a resurrection would occur at the end of time, as Daniel 12 says. Thankfully, these people, who had no motive to invent this, ultimately did write it down so we could know about it. But it would be true even if the Bible never existed. These people had no motive to invent this. They had every motive to say it wasn't true. By saying Jesus had risen from the dead... They got kicked out of the synagogue, and then they got beaten, tortured, and killed. This is not a list of perks, ladies and gentlemen. Hmm. You don't invent a, a religion that gets you beaten, tortured, and killed, especially if you consider yourself God's chosen people already. So these Jewish writers of the New Testament, and they were all Jewish except for Luke. Luke's the only Gentile. Went to their death saying that this was true. And I think they put a lot of evidence throughout the text that what they're saying is the truth. Uh, they have a lot of eyewitness details that only an eyewitness would know. Uh, they uh, talk about people that were known to exist at the time. And maybe, maybe we can go through some of this. You guys ready? Sure. All right. We're ready. We get, you got seven minutes. I got seven minutes to, to cover why the New Testament's telling the truth. <laughs> well, we can pick it up next week if you want to go point by point. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. Okay. Well, first of all, I think we know that they're telling the truth and it's a cumulative case is the fact that the new Testament was written down very early and the data in the new Testament is early as well. I think all the new Testament documents, maybe with the exception of revelation were all written at or before 70 AD and the, the texts that, and the sources that are written in those texts are much earlier than 70 AD or even when the texts were written down. For example, the earliest evidence for the resurrection is actually in the book 1 Corinthians. If you, Paul wrote this letter to the Corinthians in about 55 or 56 AD. And we know where Paul was. We can date where Paul was throughout his missionary journeys by an inscription found in Delphi, Greece, that pinpoints when Gallio was actually the leader there, the Roman official in Corinth, because Paul is brought before Gallio. I think it's in Acts 18. It describes this. And from that one inscription, when we know when Gallio was there, we can tell where Paul was within a year or two. And so he wrote 1 Corinthians in about 55 or 56 AD. And here's what he says in the 15th chapter, the third verse. 
He says, for what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance. Now, he's, he's about to tell people that he received revelation and also received what is now known as a creed. In other words, an oral uh, saying that was memorized, and he ultimately puts it down in writing right here in 1 Corinthians 15. Here's the creed. That, by the way, notice the rhythm to it. Listen to how many times you hear the word that in this creed. He says, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. That he was buried. That he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. And that he appeared to Cephas, meaning Peter. Then he appeared to 12. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living, although some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all, he appeared to me also as one abnormally born. So you hear, you hear the word that five times in that creed, and that creed, as I say, goes back all the way to the alleged resurrection itself. Even atheists who study this stuff, Tim, admit this is very early, within a year or two, maybe even earlier than that, of the resurrection itself. Paul is simply taking what was orally memorized and putting it in writing in 55 AD. And that's, that's what he's doing here in 1 Corinthians 15. Now, that creed names many of the people to whom Jesus appeared, including James, his brother, who didn't believe Jesus was God before he rose from the dead, and Paul himself. Now, why would any of these people say this? Why would they say a man claimed to be God and rose from the dead if, as Jews, they didn't believe that? And by saying it happened, they got themselves beaten, tortured, and killed. It seems to me it takes more faith to believe that they invented that than to believe, no, it really happened. Ray? Frank, we got about a minute or two here. This is a, it's a fascinating discussion. Glad we're going to do it, you know, in the weeks to come also. What's at stake in the whole discussion? What difference does it make whether or not the New Testament documents are reliable. Is it a secondary issue or is it of primary importance? Well, I think it's of primary importance that they're reliable because as Paul goes on to say a little bit later in this very chapter, Ray, as you well know, that if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. He says that in verse 17. Look, if, if Jesus rose from the dead, game over Christianity is true. If Jesus didn't rise from the dead, game over it's false. This is a religion that you can test out historically. If Jesus rose, Christianity's true. If he didn't rise, it's false. Now you say, why, why trust Jesus? Look, I just have a personal policy. If somebody predicts and accomplishes his own resurrection, I just trust whatever the guy says. And Jesus said the Old Testament was the word of God and he promised the New Testament. So on Jesus's authority, if he rose from the dead, we're just trusting whatever he teaches and we have a good record of what Jesus taught. Uh, let's see, Frank, <clears throat> where can people go to read more about this, uh, this topic? Well, our book, our book, I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist, has a bunch on that and many other reasons to believe Christianity is true. And then, you know, maybe next week we can cover another element of this. There's like seven or eight different lines of evidence that the New Testament writers are telling the truth. Early is just one of them. We can talk about eyewitness testimony, embarrassing testimony, excruciating testimony. Okay. A bunch of other testimonies that can really show that the New Testament is telling the truth. What's your website? Crossexamined.org. Crossexamined with a D on the end of it, .org. And I'll be on, Lord willing, this weekend for another edition of the 
radio program at 9 Central, 10 Eastern on Saturday, right here yes. on AFR. Yes, tune in for, for Frank on Saturday at 9 a.m. Central Time. We'll be back momentarily with more of today's issues. In His Image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality. I loved it. I loved how biblically sound it was, all the scripture to back it up. The testimonies were very powerful. If it's a prodigal child that has just run away or one that's caught up in same-sex attraction, there's hope in Jesus. In His Image is now available on DVD and can be purchased in bulk to pass out to friends and family. Order today by visiting afastore.net. A vacation with a purpose. Hello, everyone. I'm Tim Wildman, president of American Family Association and American Family Radio. That's what some of our folks have called our spiritual heritage tours, which we're going to be doing again in 2022. Let me tell you what we do. We go on a trip to Williamsburg, Jamestown, and Yorktown. We see early American history there. And then we go to Washington, D.C. and George Washington's Mount Vernon on a separate tour. We do these in June and September. They're perfect weather months in that part of the country. Stephen McDowell, who is a historian and author of America's Providential History, he will be our expert on the trip. So we'll have a historian joining us on these tours. It's going to be a wonderful time together in our nation's capital and in Colonial Williamsburg in 2022. June and September. If you want to go, go to the website spiritualheritagetours.com, spiritualheritagetours.com. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starn. Stand by for news and commentary next. Are you looking for a university that provides a quality Christian education with excellent academic and athletic programs? Well, I want to invite you to visit Liberty University, where they offer multiple visiting opportunities to fit your schedule. Plan a visit to their Central Virginia campus and stay for an afternoon, a day, or an entire weekend. You can also take a virtual tour from the comfort of your own home. Plan your visit today by texting "Go Visit" to the number 49596. Again, that's "Go Visit" to the number 49596. Longtime Trump ally Steve Bannon has been taken into federal custody on contempt of Congress charges. Bannon defied a subpoena from a House committee investigating the January riots at the U.S. Capitol. He faces a minimum of 30 days in jail, a $1,000 fine if convicted. Former IRS Chief Lois Lerner was held in contempt of Congress, but she was never arrested. Former Obama Attorney General Eric Holder was held in contempt as well, and he was not arrested. So why was Steve Bannon? There's no doubt in my mind his arrest is nothing more than payback by rogue agents within the FBI. There's a price to pay for exposing the corruption that was allowed to fester within the deep state. And President Obama was quite effective in weaponizing federal agencies to target his political enemies. And now Joe Biden is picking up where his boss left off. Steve Bannon is now a political prisoner of Joe Biden. I'm Todd Stearns. We give thanks to God always for all of you, constantly mentioning you in our prayers, remembering before our God and Father your work of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Thessalonians 1, 3. American Family Radio. When you die, are you going to heaven or not? You can know for sure. Heaven or not.net. This is today's issues. Email your comments to comments at afr.net. 
Past broadcasts of today's issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net. Now, back to more of today's issues. By the way, that, that book that Frank mentioned, I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an a- Atheist, is excellent. A lot of people have come to trust in Christ as their Savior based on that book. So if you know, if you have somebody that is a skeptic or an atheist or an agnostic and they're open to dialogue, then uh, they're open to reading about uh, Christianity and the evidence that supports the uh, truth of the New Testament and, and the Bible in general, go to we- uh, Frank's website there and buy that book. Uh, you can buy it in many places, I guess, but that would support Frank's ministry. And it's, uh, it's uh, I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist. Very clever title there. Mm-hmm. And uh, by Dr. Frank Turek, T-U-R-E-K. And his website is crossexamined.org examined with an ed on the end <clears throat> you're listening to today's issues if you'd like to send us an email go to comments at afr.net use this address comments at afr.net comments at afr.net tim wildman with fred jackson and ray pritchard what's next fred well you just brought this to our attention tim as we're going into the break axios news service is reporting in the last few hours the biden administration plans imminent booster expansion to all adults. Now, we've kind of talked about this, saying, okay, the definition of fully vaccinated is evolving. First it was, get the two shots, you're good. Now it's, uh, you're going to have to have the booster in order to be defined as being fully vaccinated. Why is that? Because the medical officials are admitting what we all knew was going to happen. They're saying, you know, that vaccine, its potency is diminishing very quickly. The shot in the arm, it's going to last three or four months. Now they're saying, and I assume it's going to be like the, the same kind of thinking as a vaccine. You have a vaccine mandate. Now you're going to have a booster mandate that you have to have the booster in order to be determined fully vaccinated. Yeah, and let's hasten to add, <clears throat> that's not in stone yet. Not yet. But uh, the, the buzz is out now. Uh, Ray, we're seeing the Drudge Report had a, uh, an article on this that linking to Axios. Yes. And uh, <clears throat> I, I was thinking, Ray, that uh, this is the natural progression of things, right? Because if the uh, shots, the COVID shots that, a lot of Americans got back in the spring and the summer don't work anymore or not very effective anymore because they're then aren't you going to require then in the government going to come in and require a, a booster now this is uh, the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals has said no to the, the 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 mandate on private companies all right but I'm just talking about the push for boosters go ahead Ray well I think the most important word there is boosters, plural, right? Mm. Because this is where we're going. First, you get the vaccine, as Fred said. Then you get the booster. But the booster isn't going to last very long either, evidently, right? Because evidently, we just don't have the answer. So what is it going to be, guys? Is it going to be 
you got to have booster number one, booster number two, booster number three. I mean, is this going to be down the road and maybe only a year or two away where you've got to have all four or all five booster shots or you're not fully vaccinated? So, right. And they want, and, and they're going towards the direction that is the Democrats are are going towards the direction of if you, if you aren't quote fully vaxxed, then you can't participate in society. Yeah. Okay. Clearly that's where clearly they want to get there as fast as they can. Yes. That's, that's why Biden's want to punish people who don't get the COVID shots by having them lose their jobs. Yeah. Right. Uh, you don't, you, you don't get the shot then you, you, you can, you know, you lose your job. But the, the, the interesting here, just a, just a side note, a side observation here, and we get back to the main point, but it's rare that I digress. <laughs> I know people don't hardly listen ever to me. happens. <laughs> Rarely happens on this show. I'm just curious if Biden is going to impose uh, these, the, the, vaccine mandate on employers right who have a hundred or more employees why isn't he imposing that on anybody who could and he's going to doing this on federal contractors right correct mm-hmm. and the military right how is it that people who get f- federal money like welfare or social security or any kind of federal aid that goes to their mailbox. Student loans. Student right. loans. Why don't they fall under the same the same uh, imposition? That's, that's next week. This week it's yeah. and this week it's all the stuff you named, and the next week it's going to be all the others. That's where we're going, right, Fred? I mean, I, clearly, it's I, what the government wants. Well, in order to be consistent with their thinking, that's what has to happen. That's what a lot of people, when they start talking about vaccine passports kind of electronic pass that you have to have in your wallet in order so we'll just add booster three we'll add booster four and you'll be considered passable but this is going against remember early on in all of this you heard from fauci and others you have to follow the science well now we have a lot more science now that doesn't make what the white house wants to do a lot of sense we had the story late last week vermont the most vaccinated state in the country is seeing a surge. All right. They're seeing more cases. This is vaccinated people getting the latest addition of COVID. But here's what that story from ABC News, I think we may have talked about this yesterday, but the latest story from ABC News says Vermont's a victim of its own success. What are they talking about here? They got, they got the vaccine but now they're in trouble again. So what's going on? And in that story, it talked about the fact that they have a low level of people with natural immunity. Could it be, let's follow the science, that Mm. because so many people are vaccinated, they're not giving their own bodies a chance to develop natural immunity in all of this. But I've got a piece of audio I need to play for you here. We found out yesterday that Houston Methodist Hospital has suspended the privileges of in, one of their in doctors. Texas. In Texas. Has suspended the privileges of one of their doctors, Dr. Mary Bowden. Dr. Mary Bowden has treated, she says, over 2,000 COVID patients. 
but she is open to the idea that maybe there's something to ivermectin and that people should have the right to make that choice. Her patients should have the right to make that choice. For saying that on social media, this hospital basically has banned her from coming into the hospital. Here's Dr. Mary Bowden, cut number two. I am seeing more and more and hearing more and more stories that people are being discriminated against because they have not been vaccinated. And that led me to send out an email that I was going to prioritize seeing the unvaccinated. The issue with vaccines and with ivermectin um, really goes against patient autonomy and their right to choose their treatment. I had a great relationship with Methodist. I've actually been working, collaborating with them. I feel like I'm being turned on by the, my colleagues. That's exactly She's what's being happened. turned on. In other words, they're turning against her. They're turning against her. This is, this is kind of scary, and I don't think America has ever experienced this. We now have a, a government in Washington that is dictating who is passable in our society and who is not. We heard, this is very anecdotal, we heard a story this morning. I'm not going to mention the name of the company, but this company now has two colored passes. You know I have to security passes to get in? Mm-hmm. They have two colors. One for the color for the vaccinated, one for the unvaccinated. This this is getting scary. What's being allowed? Go ahead, right? Yeah. This is the essence of what un-American really means. Because if to be an American means anything, it's the concept of freedom, personal freedom. And in any other arena, the 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 people on the left say that's right. It's personal autonomy and freedom. They have destroyed the concept of medical freedom, not just for patients to seek treatment. But here you have a doctor down in Houston. None of us had heard of her until this story blew up just a few days ago. But she has treated, she says, 2,000 patients with COVID-19. And all she is saying, because it's clear, she's not anti-vaxxer. She's not saying she's against the vaccine. She wants the right to to suggest ivermectin right. if it makes sense medically. As a therapeutic. She, oh, yeah. right, as a therapeutic. Yeah. Why shouldn't she be able to do that? Why should she lose her job, effectively be banned from this the, the Methodist hospital there simply because she's in favor of medical freedom? It you know, is nonsensical. This is, yeah, it's nonsensical. This is really weird. By that I mean, here you have a medical doctor her reputation's at stake. She's seen 2,000 COVID patients. She, some of them were treated uh, therapeutically with ivermectin. It mm-hmm. helped them. Mm-hmm. She's just testifying to that. She's not saying it's a cure-all, be-all. She's not selling it out of the trunk of her car. No. She's just a, she's, she's not a snake oil salesman. No. She's a she's medical saying, doctor. Right. And she knows what she's talking about. How do you lose your job why, because why, of that? Why, yeah. Why wouldn't the hospital uh, – and, and she's a uh, – she has, uh, and, and what do you call it? Privileges? What do you call it? Admit- visiting. Pri- Admit- yeah, admitting admitting In other words, she can sure. work at the hospital. She doesn't work for the hospital, but she sure. can come and do m- practice medicine at the hospital. Mm-hmm. And the Methodist hospital has revoked that now mm-hmm. simply because she has, rec- she has used ivermectin at, at the request of some of her patients. Go ahead, well, Brad. and the other thing, the other thing, Tim, to note here, 
She also said she is quite willing to prioritize the unvaccinated because it is becoming difficult for them to find good medical care. Right. Okay. Wow. This is this is what doctors, compassionate doctors do. They find the underserved and they, they try to give them good medical care. It's it's unbelievable are we, are what we, has happened to her. Yeah. Are we, are we going to do this for other illnesses now? No. Huh? No. Are we going to say because a doctor says uh, you need to try uh, uh, Theraflu? Is that, is that what it's called? The, right. Okay. Right. You're going to use, are we going to, are we going to start, start saying because doctors recommend, and by the way, the flu kills thousands and thousands of Americans every year. I don't know what the number is exactly, but you don't you don't you don't typically hear about that in the news unless it's a severe outbreak. But I'm just saying sure. I'm just saying are are there uh are we going is the AMA or the uh hospitals are they going to start monitoring what doctors uh suggest for treatment therapeutics for the flu? And and if they don't fall in line with what they what the what the hospital says is acceptable that these people are well I don't even think they issue what the hospitals say are acceptable you know what I'm saying yeah. are we are, are we going to take cancer I've mentioned this before we're going to take somebody who has cancer and a doctor recommends something other than let's say uh, chemotherapy yeah and they say nope you can't recommend anything but chemotherapy or else you're banned from uh, our hospital yeah and we need uh, to remind people. When it comes to ivermectin, it's been around for years. It's this, very inexpensive and it's very uh, safe. And it's safe. It's been around. People who have taken it, there's been success in treatments of ivermectin. Why would a hospital then say, uh-uh, we're going to ban you, doctor, for even considering it? Listen, well, there is too much, there is, Ray and Fred, <clears throat> there is too much anecdotal evidence that supports ivermectin as being helpful for right. COVID That's patients. That's a good word, that as being helpful. As right. being helpful for COVID patients. There's, it would not be still being discussed if it were phony, if it were bogus. Right. It just wouldn't. Right. It would go away, and you wouldn't see so many people saying, hey, my aunt took it, helped her. Hey, uh, my uh, cousin took it. My friend took it. I took it. It helped me, along with other things like zinc and whatever else you 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 take. Uh, I, I'm just saying, it is just the reaction of the mainstream media and the mainstream medical community to this just seems to. It's kind of like something where you go, why are they reacting this way? That's yeah. funny. That's suspicious. Yes. Uh, this is irrational unless there's something else that's behind the scenes that's not being talked about much. You, you see what I'm saying? Exactly. So uh, this uh, we'll follow the story here, but this uh, doctor, what's her name? Dr. Mary Bowden. She's been banned from Houston come, Methodist. from treating patients at the Houston. Yes. Now, where does that go next? Are we going to ban doctors who... Don't recommend a booster after booster after booster. We're going to ban them too. Pretty well, pretty much, pretty soon we're going to be left with we're going to be we're going to be ban- we're all going to be banned. All Americans are going to be banned, huh? Because <clears throat> this div- this dividing out of the vaccinated and unvaccinated is very dangerous. Listen, excuse me, Fred. Talk. I got popcorn. 
Just say something, Fred. Doesn't matter okay. what you say. It's I, I just it's very very dangerous. Okay. We have lots of scientific evidence now that there are people with natural immunity. They do not need the vaccinations. Therefore, why would your place of employment? Why would the federal government say we don't care? We want you to have something stuck in your arm when Listen, you don't need it. Another high profile example. Example. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, you know the quarterback for the Green Bay Packers, he got COVID. He he had a he had allergies that uh, prevented him from taking the COVID vaccine. He said, "What against the vaccine? It's just in my particular case, mm-hmm. I was advised by my doctors, uh, and I read about this. I didn't want to take it because I feared that there was a danger of me taking it, given my allergic reaction." Sure, he, he was roundly condemned by yeah. yeah, you know the mainstream media and so forth. Well. Now, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback Ben Rosslenberger, Rosslenberger uh, I, I don't think I pronounced that right, but uh, he's a well-known, famous quarterback in sure. the NFL. He's got COVID. He's been fully vaxxed. Mm. The uh, I'm saying the the uh, the, the uh, they're saying too now, Ray, that uh, the uh, there's a uh, there's an outbreak as you said in where. It's in New England. It's starting Vermont, to run. Vermont. It's starting to run through New England and yes. Connecticut now. Uh-huh. Uh, it's starting to get really bad there. And these are almost all vaccinated people. Vermont, highest rate of vaccination in the country. So this is just dividing our country, and it's unnecessary. Yes. It's unnecessary. And Biden has issued the you must bow the knee to the federal government or or you will be punished again. Uh, the federal court in New Orleans, Fifth Circuit Court, the court right under the Supreme Court, they stopped this, uh, at least the mandate for the uh, private businesses. Now, uh, the military is still subject to... Military, it still is, and there is a separate uh, pipeline of opposition going through the courts right now for medical workers. And I go back to something I said a couple of weeks ago. I find it very interesting. A year ago, before there were vaccines... We had medical people, obviously unvaccinated, treating COVID patients. They were, they were unvaccinated. There's no cases of, of just all kinds of people getting COVID because the medical people didn't weren't vaccinated. Listen, <clears throat> listen. if you could tell me that this stopped people from getting COVID or spreading COVID, these shots, then I would, I would, I would pay more attention to what you have to say. I, I, mm. There would be a better case mm-hmm. for it. But now this is turning out that it's this this is not the case at all. People all over America who are vaccinated, uh, who have the shots, are getting COVID. Yes, and quite frankly, I suspect that they are doing a more they are spreading COVID more than the unvaccinated people are for this reason. I know this. I know one particular case where this happened, right? And for him. The people who've had the COVID shots don't think they're going to get COVID. Well, that's true, for okay. sure. So when they get symptomatic, they don't think they have COVID, right? Because they think, well, how can I have COVID? I've had the COVID shot. I got, I got the cold or something. So they I'm, keep yeah. walking around in public. I know this happened in a school uh, recently. Uh, I was made aware of this. So one of the people thought, uh, one of the employees thought uh, they came to school sick. They had symptoms, symptoms, shouldn't have, but they surely didn't think they had COVID. They just thought they had a cold or something, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Well, they're spreading 
the uh, COVID. Yeah. Because they don't think they can get it because they've had the shot. So that's just another aspect of this. <clears throat> you got any other thing? I'm about COVID it out right here, Fred. <laughs> All right. We got a few minutes left in this yeah. hour. Give, give me something else to talk let's about. Ta- let's talk about World the, Peace. Yeah. The chairman of the Republican National Committee. Ronna McDaniel. Ronna McDaniel. Well, she was all excited several days ago, and she put out on the uh, RNC's website uh, that she had created this GOP Pride Coalition. Here we go. We are Christi- the- Christian Pride, uh, Jewish Pride. Uh, no, no. What kind of pride you got going on here? Well, we got the, the homosexual LG- activists. LGBTQ bunch. Pride. That's yeah. the only kind of pride you can have. There you go. And she said, we're the party, the Big Tent Party. Uh, our newly formed GOP Pride Coalition is proud to partner with Log Cabin Republicans, yeah. homosexual group, to invest and mobilize Pride conservatives and allies across the country to elect Republicans up and down the ballot, the RNC said. She said, our GOP Pride Coalition champions values yeah. that make our great Republican movement so strong. All right. So she got that goes out on the website. Here, tell the Republican world this is what's happening. Well... <laughs> She got in a lot of trouble with it because you know what? This has been tried before. Mitt Romney tried this before. She's Mitt Romney's niece, I think. Oh, is that well? Yeah. Running in the jeans. Ronald McDaniel. <clears throat> anyway, evangelicals that are an important voting block uh, for the Republican Party, a lot of evangelical leaders, conservatives in general, very upset. One of them, Tony Perkins, uh, the host of our own Washington Watch and uh, – he dealt with this last night on the program here on AFR, cut number three. This is, to me, in crazy when you see what happened. You mentioned Virginia and that parents up in arms about this gender-confused ideology that's being pushed by these groups. Now you have the, the head of the Republican Party pursuing this. Yeah. I mean, this is a recipe for, in my view, for conservatives, and I'm not I mean, I'm not wed to the Republican Party, but they have been a vehicle. This would be a disaster for them. Yeah. Well, I think she's trying to walk that back a little bit. Uh, You know what? Uh, The uh, people who are uh, gay and lesbian, some of them vote Republican or, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's people are, you know, good if they want to vote Republican or if they want to vote Democrat. What we're talking about here, and and there's no examples that I'm aware of that that Republicans discriminate against people who are gay or lesbian or transgendered. Look at uh, Caitlyn Jenner out there. Mm -hmm. Okay, there I go again. His name is Bruce. Okay. (laughs) I'm falling. I'm falling victim myself. It's... the, the uh, Caitlyn Jenner, formerly known as uh, Bruce, Bruce, right? Bruce Jenner, ran as a Republican. Um, so there's no discrimination going on against LGBTQ people who want to be a part of the Republican Party. But what we're talking about here is pride, celebrating pride. In other words, the activist in the LGBTQ who want to punish people like Christian bakers and and Christian business owners by saying you can't have uh, your religious views you must uh, you must help promote LGBTQ agenda or you're a hater 
yes. you're a bigot. Mm-hmm. And so, they, listen, folks, there comes a, as we saw with Jack Phillips, the, the, the bakery owner in Colorado, just one example, he didn't stop people from coming in his store and buying products. He, he, didn't, he didn't have people come in his store and say, hey, you want cookies? And he didn't say, hey, are you gay? Because if you're gay, you just walk back out that door. I'm not selling you any cookies. What they've tried to do here, and they were trying to provoke this to some of these LGBTQ activists, they wanted to say, hey, we know that this fellow is a Christian and he doesn't believe in same-sex marriage. Let's make him bake us a cake celebrating our same-sex marriage or either we're going to turn him in. This is what they did to the civil rights department or whoever. And we're going to, we'd like to see his business destroyed because he's a Christian who won't bake a cake for a same-sex wedding. Well, these LGBTQ activists, that's the kind of world they want to live in. They want to drive Christians out of uh, private business owners out of business who don't believe uh, the way they do. Don't believe the way they do. That's right. Same thing happened with Baronel Stutzman. Yeah. Yeah. There are many, many examples of this, especially in liberal states where they, um, where they uh, go after the Christians. Yeah. All right. You're listening to today's issues on American Family Radio. And we don't need the chairman of the Republican Party, Ronald McDaniel championing this that's right uh especially, especially when so much such a so much of the base of the republican party are themselves christians yes unless she just wants to drive the evangelicals out of the party <clears throat> well <laughs> that's what tony perkins was talking about Th- yeah. this is why quite frankly folks we, we've always recommended if you're going to make political donations do so to individual candidates mm-hmm. based on their values and th- that you agree with them uh Giving money to political parties, I don't advocate. No. I don't care what party it is. I just don't advocate for that because of situations just like what we've been discussing in the last few minutes. We'll be back in a minute. Stay with us. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.